I'm hearing the crickets outside tonight, and that is really good news. That's a sign of spring. So it has been a long, wet winter. When God wants to get through to you, he can and he will. He's on time and he'll interrupt you to do it. During the time period that I was creating material for this particular segment, I go to church on a Sunday morning and I hear a fantastic, dynamic guest speaker and she flipped my perspective right on its side. So hang in here with me and we're going to examine both sides of the coin. Now, because I grew up out in the country with a pretty strong work ethic, and I'm a little too young to be a baby boomer and a little too old to be a Gen Xer, and I'm definitely too old to be a millennial, I've got some really weird perspectives because I get a little bit of wisdom from all the different generations. I like to interact with people of different ages, and I think there's a few distinctives that all baby boomers are starting to notice about millennials. And just because we're noticing them doesn't mean we're judging them or putting them down. We're just noticing. For me, I try to look for the wisdom in every camp. I love to interact with different cultures and learn what I can learn. Within a certain age group, you're going to find subcultures. So each generation comes along and they bring a little baggage, they bring along some mistakes, and they bring some wisdom. So I've got things to learn from these different perspectives. And what I'm noticing right now, post-pandemic, early spring of the year 2022, we've got this work ethic problem. It's a pandemic of being shy to work. We've got some employment issues. This is not for lack of work because there is plenty of work available. I would hire you myself. I can drive around town and find help wanted signs on pretty much every business. My husband and I have been trying to hire good help for about seven months now. And we presently have an amazing team. These people are top notch. I just need more of them. You don't have to be particularly gifted or trained in a specific area to get a job right now because there are hiring opportunities at every level. Even to work for me, I do the training in-house. So as long as someone's got a pretty decent personality, they're eager, they're good with kids, I'll say, come on in and I can train you in the different roles that we have available. But honestly, I've been stunned at some of the excuses that I've been hearing on why a person can't work. All these business owners are struggling to keep up. We've got more than enough work, but it, the excuses... For me personally, we've got more work, more clients, more opportunities than I've had in 25 years, and I'm needing to step in and at my age, work my tail off to keep up with it. Now, I don't think that I'm a hard person to work for. I'm not demanding or controlling, but we have been doing this for 25 years. It's kind of a well-oiled machine. We know what works and we know what doesn't work. And so we do have certain standards that I would need a person to keep up with. I don't have a lot of patience and tolerance if someone is just going to be a little bit shy, whining, complaining. There's no reason to do something in a half-baked way. When you're teaching dance, you've got to have energy. You have to have enthusiasm. You have to have joy. A great example is a gal that we've had that guest taught for us for a few times. I don't know her real well, so she's still building my trust. But a couple of times, she just didn't show up. 
the couple times that she did teach for us, I popped in to watch or observe, see how the students are doing. There was no smile. There was no joy. If you're over 70 years old and you're teaching dance and you need to sit down and be in a chair to teach verbally, God bless you. Go ahead and do it. But we're talking about a guest teacher that's in her 20s. For me, as the studio owner and director, it doesn't set real well for me to see a person who's scheduled to work, they're sitting on the floor with their knees up with their back against the mirror. Now to hire this particular individual, she's very expensive. But again, she shows up wearing tennis shoes, not real happy to be there. Maybe she was trying to be serious, but I like a happy place in my dance studio. Now, possibly in someone else's dance studio, and I would say, again, it might be acceptable for them to be sitting on a chair, maybe, but certainly not sitting on the floor. But no, that's not acceptable in my dance studio. I'm training young professionals, and I believe we lead by example. Now, most recently, my interaction with this young lady is that she was tentatively scheduled to teach, and we get a message. She's asking for more money, and my husband answers we're kind of still in recovery from COVID and maybe at a later time we could offer you more, but this is what we can offer for this season. I hope in that situation though, she is not sitting on the floor, hugging her knees, leaning against the mirror and teaching verbally. But you know, back in my day, it was the employer that stated what they were offering for the job and you could take it or not take it, but you certainly did not walk in and name your price especially when you're in your early 20s. Let's walk the earth a little bit longer, get a little bit more teaching experience, and then just let someone let you know when they think you're worth it. So this is W-O-R-K, which is a virtue and an ethic. And I think we should give it a try and have some grit. And you might be telling me you're a little too tired to show up on a certain day. But guess what? I'm showing up. I'm old enough to be your grandmother and I'm doing it every day. I do get tired, but I have committed to do what I say I'm going to do. I serve people, I commit to love these kids and do what I said I'm gonna do. Now, if you've grown up in a child-led family and every time you didn't get your way and mommy just said, oh, that's okay, honey, here, let me buy you a treat and you don't need to do your chores. Then you become an adult and you're thinking that you should get a premium amount of money just for showing up. And then you want me as the employer to turn around and buy you a treat. Now, a few years back, my husband was trying to hire a hip hop teacher. And any studio owners that are listening in, you know, <laughs> that is a whole nother ball game. It's a different art form. It's a different, or a different mentality. Sometimes it can be laughable. We might have some male teacher show up with his pants sagging down and he's late and he moves at the pace of a sloth. And he might be asking me for several hundred dollars an hour to teach his classes. Yes, Mr. Saggy Pants is asking for several hundred dollars an hour for his classes. I don't know very many people that make that kind of money. Maybe someone who has their master's and a doctorate and many, many, many letters after their name because they've been in school and training for many, many years and they deserve that kind of money. But we are super blessed. We've got this amazing, wonderful hip hop teacher that we have hired and she works for us now. But before that, 
it was a challenge. There was a hip hop teacher that contacted us and she was interested in working for us. But the first time she was scheduled to teach, she didn't show up. I personally probably would have never contacted her or reached out to her again. I have very little patience for unprofessionalism. And the least she could have done is called and told us there was an emergency. But no, there was nothing. She just didn't show up. But my husband, who is a more gracious, patient individual, he did reach out to her again because obviously we still needed to get the position filled. And we get from her a text says two words, how much? I wanted to say, lady, how much what? Well, I knew she was talking about money, but it was just so stunning to me. It's not that hard to pick up the phone and call or have a face-to-face -face interview. Now, I personally have this sweatshirt that I ordered this past winter, and I love sweatshirts. In the Pacific Northwest, hoodies are a fashion thing for sure. But the reason this one is my favorite, it has a four-word phrase across it. It says, nobody cares, work harder. Now, I didn't personally coin this phrase. It actually came from a professional football player. But if we could create a new moral compass for the exact season we're in right now, I think these four words could sum it up. Now, it's not that I don't actually care. I'm a Christian. The Bible commands me to be a compassionate person. And I do want to express mercy. I do want to express care. But I also want to know that the rest of the world, or at least the people that are going to come and work for me, are going to try to meet me halfway. Let's meet in the middle. I'm going to work super hard for you. And I expect you to at least work a little bit hard, but super hard would be awesome. So if you've got a professional football player saying, work harder, I have great respect for this phrase because obviously it works. You don't get to be a professional football player or whatever it is that people are doing these days, videoing and calling it work. So me wearing that sweatshirt, it could come across that I'm snide and I'm lacking in patience, but I gave you the background on this. I didn't create that sweatshirt. I just bought it. It's a phrase that resonates with me. And I'm also speaking to myself, like, just work harder. Don't take time complaining or crying or over explaining yourself or justifying. Just hush. Shh. Now, a lot of the thoughts and ponderings that I come up with actually originate in the Bible. They're scripturally based, and I just try to take what I've learned through Bible study and life on the earth, and I try to apply it. I've got these things in my heart and in my spirit, and I'm just trying to execute them out in the real world where we live day by day. So here's a few scriptures. These are words that can really relate and resonate with what I'm pondering today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Now camp there for a minute. And then the second verse I'm going to share with you today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says this, Make it your ambition to live a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life will win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be 
dependent on anybody. So what are we going to do with that scripture right there? We've got government assistance. We've got free money being handed out, which encourages people to stay home. We are encouraged to depend on the government, but the scripture says, so that you are dependent on no one. And here I am driving around town, seeing help wanted signs everywhere. And I can drive a few miles south of my neighborhood and it's a whole nother level. This is troubling. And ladies and gentlemen, before you jump down my throat about maybe my lack of patience, my lack of compassion and mercy, just try to hear me out, okay? Because I'm processing. My husband said that this is probably a timely subject to discuss. So we're opening conversation. Here's some information for us to consider. And six months from now, it might not be an issue anymore. But this is what I really do see in my immediate area in early spring of 2022. Of course, there's always more than one perspective. And in Coffee Break with Miss Debbie, I just give the perspective of Miss Debbie. That's fair enough, but you can just hear me out and let's consider. We're supposed to be obedient to scripture and we need to be obedient to wisdom. But I drive downtown and I see these tremendous tent cities. This is not one or two people. I don't know the stats. There's just so many. We've got a homelessness problem. I've traveled the world and I've seen a lot, but I've never seen the amount or the depth of this issue of what we have in our city in this exact season. And it's not the numbers I'm talking about. It's really odd to say, but it's almost like the commitment to remaining homeless. You've almost got to go out of your way for it to be quite as recognizable and deep as what we've got going on right now. Like just the other day, I'm pulling into Winco and there's a camper there. Clearly you've got some people living in there, but he had little like colorful flowers, garden stakes and flags. So he was decorating to stay for a while, <laughs> but he was illegally parked on the street. So that was new for me that was so committed to decorate and landscape for the long haul, but I kind of wanted to give him a special award for it. He was trying to beautify. And generally what I've seen is that, sorry to say it, but we got people, they're not even picking up their own poop. We've got human feces out on the sidewalk. You know, as someone might just come out from their tent or their camper and it's literally like, whatever I have in my hand, let me drop it right here. Or let me toss it out into the street or onto your car, or into someone's yard? Could they not walk two feet to get it to the public canister? Not only are some of these folks, well, not only are we neglecting to clean up after ourselves, there are some individuals who are aggressively going after others to stop us from being able to be productive, live a quality of life, and maybe keep nice things or keep nice yards. Why encroach upon someone else's space when you're not even paying rent or property taxes on the space you've got? Why do you need to destroy someone else's lifestyle? Some of the areas we drive through in Seattle don't even have a wall, void 
of graffiti. I could maybe call it art if I gave someone permission to to graffiti my garage, but without permission, that's vandalism. That's destruction. A few months ago, I was informed that we've got a guy or a group of guys who live under the bridge as you head south on the I-5, and they're throwing rocks and bricks out onto the cars as you drive by. Why is this a thing? I don't know why that would be a peaceful place to set up your tent, but yes, camping and living underneath the viaduct. So myself or another business person could be in their own little world, driving downtown to get to a meeting or just to get to work, and a brick is dropped on your windshield from up above, or a rock is thrown from the side. This goes without saying, we're dealing with people with mental and emotional illnesses. I do understand that, but I don't think we need to just sit back and say, oh, that's okay, buddy, do what you want. We know you're struggling. Another story was about copper wire that was clipped and stolen from out underneath of a construction site. This caused an entire neighborhood to be without internet service for months. So we are in this season when many, many, many people are having to work remotely and work from home, but they couldn't work because they did not have internet service because somebody needed. So copper wire is being taken. Bricks and rocks are being thrown out into the street, causing flat tires and shattered windshields from people who are trying to get to work and just put in an honest day's work. Now, I want to really focus on the good things that are happening because I know there's a lot of it out there, but I just have been struck the depth, the width, and the height of this homelessness pandemic. Now, the reason it bothers me, well, one of the reasons it bothers me is because I'm back here at the dance studio. I'm teaching way too many hours for a woman my age, but I can't find good help. So business owners can't hire good help. But we've got human beings who are probably capable of more than what they think, who are refusing to work because they want to be paid more or they'd rather be clipping wire and throwing rocks. This COVID-19 pandemic was something. But another pandemic I'm seeing is, pardon me, is entitlement and laziness. People, we're all tired. We're all burnt out. But when I think of somebody sitting home on their couch, receiving unemployment checks and refusing to work because they're tired or they think they're worth more, I think they can come and give a little bit at least, or I'm willing to do a portion of the work that you need done. I can sweep the floors, but I'm not going to come in here and demand $25 or $30 an hour for it. If I work a little, then you pay me a little. And if that's as much as this individual can handle, then God bless them. But they shouldn't be asking for a premium payment for a tiny amount of work. Now, did Miss Debbie really just go there? Did she really just compare homelessness to employment in a dance studio? Did she really compare potential dance teachers to people who are struggling emotionally, mentally, and with addiction? Why, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, because whether you run your own business or you're happening to live in a tent on a sidewalk in the middle of a major city, the principles still apply because you're still a human being. What we read in the scripture is applied equally to everybody in mankind. 
I'm not picking on specifics. God wants to bless us all. He's created all people equally, and they should probably attempt to work equally. So there are principles that we can apply, and they're going to help us along. And yes, indeed, there are days when we're tired. There are days that we should probably just take a nap. But refusing to go to work or showing up and only giving it 25% and you have an inflated view of what you think that you should be paid for that, this is not helping anybody. We are called to serve others. And if I'm a dance teacher, I'm there to care for those children and make them look the best they possibly could look on stage and with their dance training. If I'm a choreographer, it's my job to make the dancers look beautiful on stage. It's not supposed to be about me. I'm putting someone else into the limelight and my name might very well show up in the program as the person who designed the art. And yes, I may be paid for my work, but it's not about me stepping into the limelight or being greedy. If we consider ourselves as teachers, we are educators and we are servers. Now, at the beginning of this segment, I mentioned a teacher that I heard heard on a Sunday morning who had taken my thoughts and turned them upside down and sideways. And she did it in the most loving, dynamic way possible. So here's the opposite side of everything that I've been blah, blah, blahing about for the last 20 minutes. We serve a God of compassion and mercy, and the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. So I, as an image bearer of God here on the earth, I need to be full of compassion and mercy. It is my job now to put out my hand and say, let me help you up. Are you sleeping on the street? Let me walk with you. Are you a struggling artist who's struggling and tired? And well, Lord knows if you were up all night on your Instagram and you're tired from that, uh, I'm going to try to have a little bit of compassion here. I'll try my best, but I got to say that's a hard one for me. I'm trying my best. I think in that situation, compassion is just super hard for me, and I'm sorry. (laughs) But perhaps I can mentor you. Perhaps I can give you some feedback and some advice to help you manage your time a little bit better to channel your energy in a more productive way. And then perhaps you'll have plenty of energy left over to give it your all for the kids or for whatever vocation you're stepping into. You need joy. You need spunk. The Lord says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So joy, strength, and spunk, we need it. We've got to be able to keep up with the kids and these excited dancers who show up every day counting on us or whatever store you own. There are customers. They want to come through your doors and experience something happy. They don't need to be greeted by a grumpy faced store owner. So I am encouraging you to W-O-R-K, work harder. I am encouraging you to have a realistic perspective of what your worth is, how much energy you're putting in, and yes, we do get paid according to our exertion of energy. And I'm also encouraging all of us to, in the midst of it all, 
It's post-pandemic and life can be hard. Let's put out our hands and shoulder one another to the best of our ability. So I'm coming down off my high horse and I'm offering you my horse. May today be a day that's full of spunk, peace, grit, and rest. All of those things. 